0: And now
1: And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out on a Monday. Plenty of NFL to get into tonight. Jay Moore, Blackshirt Husker NFL, or next hour, Charlie McBride. Lars Anderson from Tuscaloosa. In about 15 minutes, we welcome in Craig Maddock with us as uh, his show, the In Play Podcast on South Dakota Public Broadcasting. Longtime legendary sportscaster in South Dakota. Uh, you know, Craig. It's been a while. Thanks for saying hey and, and taking time with us today. How are you?
2: I'm good, and thanks for reading the intro that I sent you. Uh, that, that was that was that was good. Anytime you put legendary in there, that's pretty good. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's all, it was thanks. in all
1: it was in all caps. I had to make sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> things are things are well. Things are things are crazy. I mean, with 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 college football, I know you know the Huskers are. It, it's always crazy, but you know, just recently now here in Sioux Falls and across South Dakota, everybody going crazy with Kalen DeBoer, and oh. uh, it's kind of kind of fun to talk about him—a guy who, you know, a little kid from Millbank, South Dakota. Uh, And now look what he's doing now, one of the top programs in America. It's just totally crazy and and good for him.
1: It it is awesome. And, and Craig, you spoke with him on New Year's Day on your podcast. Any inkling at all? We didn't know Saban was going to step down. I mean, there had been a little smoke around. (laughs) Is is St. Nick going to go step away? But this thing transpired pretty quickly, and it was a short, short list with um, with, with the athletic director at Alabama, Greg Byrne, and, and you have uh, what an impression Kalen's made not just at Washington but throughout his entire career, and you've gotten a chance to see that up close.
2: Well, it may have looked like it was a quick turnaround, but really it has not been um, in the background. Uh, there have been a number of Division One programs who have made contact with, with DeBoer over the last year. In fact, um, his offensive coordinator, Ryan Grubb, who uh, he has been with Kalen DeBoer uh, since they were at the University of Sioux Falls. Ryan Grubb uh, took an airplane flight down to Tuscaloosa a year ago and uh, was offered the offensive coordinator job at Alabama with Nick Saban a year ago. But uh, Ryan Grubbs said, no, I'm going back to Washington. Now I have a feeling it's going to be tough for him to uh, say no to that again, because I'm sure he's going back with Kalen. Mm -hmm. But I know that there were people um, associated with Alabama, and I know also there were people associated with Michigan that had been in contact with Kalen DeBoer over the past few months. And so during the playoffs, I, I knew that watching what was happening with Michigan, what was happening with Alabama, and I kind of felt that uh, that they were going to make the call to him if somebody else maybe didn't want it, but there were a handful of other football programs in Division One looking at Kalen DeBoer.
0: And Craig, there were rumors at this time last year, <clears throat> uh, I guess a little bit before this, that Nebraska had been in contact with Kalen DeBoer, and essentially the answer was thanks, but no thanks. We don't know if those conversations actually happened for sure, but that was the rumor uh, a little over a year ago now. And I want to get your thoughts, knowing Kalen DeBoer, knowing the landscape of college football, what makes him a a fit for Alabama outside of the football, the X's and the O's? As a guy, what makes him a fit for Tuscaloosa and and to be the guy to follow up Nick Saban?
2: He is a tremendous football mind, and what he has done, he has put people by him uh, to help him out with the recruiting and everything else. <clears throat> when he was at the University of Sioux Falls, he, you know, Chuck Morrell is a defensive coordinator, and Ryan Grubb is offensive coordinator. They were along the same hallway, and he could stand up in one, between one door and talk to two guys at the University of Washington and it's it's similar there at uh, for Nebraska you have over 40 up to 50 people that are in your room when you're when you're talking about uh, team meetings I mean the the staff it is a, amazing the number in that staff and what he ha- and what he has done He's a great football mind, but he's got Ryan Grubb, who's been with him since Sioux Falls. Chuck Morrell is the defensive coordinator. He's worked with the safeties. He was at one time a head coach in Montana Tech for a while. But these three guys have been together since they were at the University of Sioux Falls. And it's just crazy that those three guys have been the centerpiece of how they've put that football program together. And I would not be surprised uh, a name – that may come out down the road here, too, is Curtis Riggs. Curtis Riggs was the quarterback who threw a bunch of passes to Kalen DeBoer when those two went and had a national championship at the University of Sioux Falls <laughs> Excuse me, back in 1996. Curtis Riggs, of course, uh, was the head coach of the Sioux Falls Storm National Indoor Football League. Folks from the Omaha Beef may remember uh, the name Curtis Riggs, mm-hmm. but there's a chance that Curtis may be joining that program as well. in uh, just all four of those guys, really good football minds, and it has worked, whether Kalen was at Indiana or um, Southern Illinois, um, at Fresno State, at Washington, and now let's see what happens at, uh, at Alabama.
1: Craig Maddox with us, longtime legend in South Dakota. And uh, his podcast, the In Play podcast, find that on Apple, Spotify, iTunes, as uh, he has watched and been a part of Kalen DeBoer's career all the way back to to Sioux Falls. And
0: you want to hear a really interesting fun fact here. Curtis Riggs was the quarterback of the Sioux Falls Storm in 2003. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the Omaha Beef. You know who their quarterback was in
1: 2003? I know the name. Matt LaFleur. Uh, yeah, Matt LaFleur. Head coach of the Green what? Bay Packers. Yeah, Green, yeah. Yeah, LaFleur was good one. Was, yeah. I was doing uh games arena ball then. I think I went up to uh to South Dakota and Sioux Falls after I left South Dakota, and I think the beef put up a 76 spot with no running clock, Ouch. much like Kalen DeBoer would put up 60 <laughs> spots on Nebraska-Westland uh, and there was no running <laughs> clock. <laughs> so yeah, you to got to see a, a lot of Kalen a couple of years in a row. But what's his personality like? You mentioned uh, Millbank and uh, know that area and just climbing the ladder like he did, not really being afraid of any challenge, being confident. And I love the the point that you made about how and who he surrounds himself with on his staff. But from a person, from a guy standpoint, sitting down having a beer with him or a cup of coffee or whatever the case, I mean, what kind of drives him, in your opinion, to take on this challenge?
2: Well, he is—he's just like you guys and me. We're—we're so Midwestern, okay? Can we can we label ourselves Midwestern? We're wearing stocking Um, caps, yes, you you can. We care about people. We care about people, and he's down to earth and uh, doesn't get too big on himself. You know, the biggest thing though, his biggest influence was his former coach at the University of Sioux Falls, Bob Young. Bob Young was revered by so many people around south dakota and of course when he coached all those years at the university of sioux falls he had a huge influence on kalen DeBoer. not only maybe with his faith Mm -hmm. but also the way he challenges and helps athletes um he goes out of his out of his way and he he won't end the day until he he believes that he has helped his athletes so um he's a he certainly feels like a coach's or a player's coach, but he is – he. <laughs> Let, let's here's a guy who's been in the spotlight, but every time I look at him, it still looks like us, you know, after a ball game going up to him and just saying, how you doing, and he'll come up and pat you on the back and say, how you doing, how's the family, hope things are well. Just mm-hmm. just an amazing, great guy. And a lot of folks in South Dakota are going to be uh, – I don't think they're going to be wearing crimson – a lot, but at least they're going to be following Alabama down the road.
1: Well, I was going to ask how many how many South Dakotans are going to make the the trek down to Tuscaloosa for a ball game. I'm mm. sure that's got to be in the. Works. We were
2: we were excited for next year because let's face it, Washington and the the Pac 12 or 10 yeah. whatever becoming members of the Big Ten, where eventually you know Washington is going to go to Nebraska and play. And uh, we were looking forward to maybe seeing him play Minnesota and Iowa in the Big Big Ten. But now it's going to be a little tougher to see uh, Alabama. Is Alabama going to play Nebraska at home here anytime soon? Is that on the schedule?
1: Not, not a home and home. The expansion continues uh, with the Big Ten, as you know. So you're getting a lot of good home and road games with the expanded Big Ten. And it's it's a divisionless setup now. I think Tennessee's on on the slate. I think Oklahoma's on the slate. I think Arizona's on the slate for now. The the Buffs and Coach Prime come to town next year. So some of the non-cons are a lot of fun. But, I mean, each week is going to be pretty treacherous. That was a long-winded way to say, no, we don't want Bama. I would well. Hey, let's be honest. At some point, the expectation is for each school to see one another in the twelve-team playoff.
2: Right? Well, what's going to be neat too is that you know South Dakota now has two coaches in the SEC from South Dakota. Uh, Josh Heupel, who is yes. from Aberdeen, uh, he's of course at Tennessee. So when Tennessee and Alabama play each other, you got a couple of coaches from South Dakota who'll be going at it.
0: So potentially South Dakota, the next future hotbed of college football. Wow,
2: I, they, they they have been on a great run. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think you're going to see what Kalen DeBoer has done in a while. That it is a special story, and I mean, as a head coach, he's 104 and 12. Have you ever covered record. Have you ever covered a game he lost? Um, I w- was involved when they lost in the NAIA National Championship to uh, Carroll College. It was like 50 to nothing.
1: Wow.
2: It, was, uh, it was one of those games where the Cougars did not bring the right spikes for their shoes, and it was slippery, it was icy, and Carroll just ran all over them. So it, it hasn't happened very often with, with Coach DeBoer.
1: Craig, before we say goodbye, tell uh, tell Nebraska fans uh, a little bit about your podcast, and we know you can uh, hear it on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. But but what you're doing with the pod?
2: Yeah, you can go to SDPB Sports on Facebook and Twitter, and then just slash EM Play. And uh, I'm in my fourth year with the podcast. I've been with Public Broadcasting for over 20 years. Um, I do the uh, TV championships with football and wrestling and basketball and soccer and softball. It's a great time. And uh, the podcast, though, I I feature former coaches and athletes and administrators here in South Dakota. In fact, one of my last podcasts, Mark Manning, the head wrestling coach there at Nebraska, he is a a Vermillion South Dakota native. He is a a four-time state wrestling champ. I had a chance to talk to Mark uh, I was in Vermilion at the time that he was winning championships and a fun conversation with that podcast. So there's a Nebraska connection for you folks to uh, go to in play and really appreciate that. No
1: no worries. Uh, Mark Manning, one of our favorites. Craig, we'll do this again. Appreciate your time and insight today. You take care.
2: Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you.
1: There he is, Mark, uh, with us. Uh, Craig Maddock with us on Hale Varsity. Quick time out, Husker basketball. Got to bounce back on Wednesday.